Hey there, salt and light people. This is Sunny um, coming to you from my kitchen. Um, I'm flying solo today, so Jesse and I were unable to get together this week just because of scheduling um, issues, and well, that's really about it. So we decided that this might be a good opportunity for me to just share with you guys my story. Um, and a little bit about where I am right now. I've had a lot of people, a lot of my friends, old and new, have been asking me about my faith story lately. And I keep starting to write it in this anticipation of posting it on Facebook or maybe on the Salt and Light page or I don't know. Um, and it's just a lot of words. So, and I don't know how to to pare it down well. So I just thought I might take this time actually to share my faith story with you. Um, but before doing so, I am just going to pray the Holy Spirit into this podcast. Oh dear God, Lord, you are so good and you are sovereign and beautiful and always at work. Lord, I thank you so much that you are a pursuer and that you pursued me my entire life and snatched me about five years ago, Lord. And ever since it's been the wildest and most tender, amazing ride. And I'm so grateful. And Father, I just pray for um, the Holy Spirit to speak through me that um, my words would glorify you, Lord, and reflect you. I pray for the hearts of the people listening that you might have a message for them in this um, and to you be the glory forever and ever. And I'm sending extra blessings out to Jessie as I miss her. It seems odd to not have her on um, this conversation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, friends. So um, here's a little backstory. Many of you know me um, and know my story, or at least a version of it. But I will just kind of give you a little bit of a backstory. So... I did not grow up in the church, as many of you know. In fact, I grew up very far from the church. My mother grew up in the Catholic church, and um, where she, and rightly so, came to really mistrust um, religious organizations. So I was not raised with any type of religion at all. And in fact, as I grew older, um, I began to settle into my own like self righteous view of the world, I definitely believe, have always believed in a God. Um, I've always prayed. I've always prayed to a God. Um, but I never acknowledged that Jesus was the only way. Like perhaps he was one way, but he was definitely not the only way. And I, um, witnessed so much hypocrisy like many of us do, um, in the cat in the Christian body of believers that it was really hard for me to wrap my mind around anything about Jesus um, because his people just make it so unappealing and made him so unappealing. And so I was really anti, I was even like anti-Christianity for a long time. In fact, I have this memory of being at church on Christmas Eve when I was in high school um, at my grandma's Catholic church and everybody is supposed to like shake hands and greet each other or whatever um, and say Merry Christmas, and I was wishing everyone a happy solstice. That was me. So um, really far from Jesus in that respect, but very much aligned with Jesus Christ-like principles, I think. Um, 
And interestingly enough, now, anyways, I find it interesting or ironic that all of my favorite uh, music and influences and art, like the things that spoke most deeply to me throughout my life, the authors that I've come to um, revere way before I met Jesus were all <laughs> like very theological stories. So um, Victor Hugo or uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky, um, I was an English literature major, major, so I read the Bible. I had an Oxford annotated Bible, and in order to have a deep understanding of English literature and then Russian literature and Italian literature, you kind of have to know Bible stories. Like, that's just, you just kind of have to know. So there was no, it's, <laughs> Jesus was everywhere growing up in my life. Like, he was all over the place, but I didn't necessarily recognize him, although my heart just completely reverberated with the gospel story, which takes place in all of my favorite books and all of the old literature that I love and the pieces of art that make me weep. Like Jesus, it's all Jesus. It's all about Christ. So anyway, fast forward. Um, I'm in my 30s, early 30s, and um, in a really bad place and like really, really, really bad place. And that's all I'm really going to say about that. But I felt trapped and I felt completely lost and hopeless and angry and um, bitter and really steeped in a lot of self-pity and um, victimhood some and just really miserable, like completely miserable. And right after Christmas, about five years ago, um, I was falling asleep and it was a Saturday night, and I had this this voice, this, um, what I now know is the Holy Spirit, but at the time I had no idea, didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was, um, just lay on my heart that the next morning I was to get up and take my kids to church. And I remember thinking, what in the world? Um, I don't go to church. I go to churches. I go to church for funerals and weddings, and that's really about it. Um, but this message was really powerful, and I remember, like, wide-eyed, like, being wide awake, and, like, what do I do with this? And so the next morning, I get my kids, and I tell them we're going to church, and they're like, what's church? <laughs> because clearly they've never been to church either. And um, I took them to the biggest church I could think of. Um, my sister-in-law's family went to New Covenant Bible Church in Cedar Rapids, and I knew it was huge, and I knew they loved it, and they were such a wonderful, beautiful, loving family. Like, you could see Jesus in them, and I always was drawn to that. Again, not knowing Jesus, I was drawn to that. And so I took my kids there. And we went to this church, and it was huge, and we could hide, and we were completely anonymous. And I have no idea what our pastor spoke on that day, but it, I cried the whole time um, and filled out the little communication card and left it in the offering basket at the end of the service and just kind of left the church a little bit shaken up. And my kids were like, what was that? And I was like, what was that? Um, anyway, so the end of the day, or maybe it was month, the next day, Monday night perhaps, I got a um, computer-generated email from the church uh, as a result of filling out my communication card, and, and it was a survey just asking about my experience in the building with the people there, you know, the service, and then there was several questions about my faith and my relationship with Christ. And for whatever reason, Holy Spirit prompted, though again, I didn't know the Holy Spirit, I literally had verbal diarrhea and like told my entire life story in this 
um, email, like from how I grew up without Jesus and how I was so anti-Christian and the dark place that I'd been in and all of the bitterness and the anger I had in my heart and how hopeless and lonely and um, trapped and afraid I was. Like I said it all and then I hit send and then I was like, huh, well, well, yes, I feel sorry for the person on the end of that message. And then, so, but then the next week, my weekend, I decided to go back to this church with the kids. And so we went to the service and, um, after the worship, the pastor, he, uh, pulled out this piece of paper and he was like, so I just want to share with our church family, um, something we received via email this week. And I just want to read this to you and pray for this woman and her family and her kids. And so I sat there in disbelief as the pastor read my entire raw, vulnerable, full life story out in front of this giant congregation of people. And I wept. I mean, like it broke me wide open. Um, I can cry. I think just talking about it right now. And then he led uh, the congregation in prayer for Helena Aiden and I. And at that moment, I was completely sold out. Like Jesus grabbed me and he was like, he was real and he had my heart and he told me that I was his and I was stunned, like absolutely stunned. So with tear stained face, you know, I leave this church and try to make sense of what's going on. And I don't know Jesus and what, what is all of this? And so I start to, explore a little bit and reach out to some close friends I know who I know love Jesus or at least have somebody who loves Jesus or maybe went to church once because it's not in my family. Um, Christ was not part of our family. You know, Christ was a swear word, sadly to say, like he was a swear word and that's horrible. I mean, we, you all know, you hear it all the time in movies and just the world. Jesus Christ is a swear word. Um, but I wanted him and I was like head over heels, like, who is this and what do I do next? And so I went, I needed a Bible. Like I wanted a Bible and I kid you not, I went in and out of Barnes and Noble at least three times before I actually bought a Bible and not because I didn't want one, but because I didn't know what to get. And I felt really silly, like standing over in the Christian section, like because my old, my myself, like I'm still the, like I'm made new, I guess, but it's still like my life patterns speaking to me was like making fun of me for even being in the Christian section. Cause that's what I did, like make fun of people who actually believed in Jesus. And so I was looking at all these Bibles. I had no clue. Like, there's who knew there were so many translations? I had no idea. Like, I had an Oxford annotated Bible, but that's a study Bible for literature geeks and has no, you know, takes the reality out of Jesus. So anyway, probably the fourth or fifth time I finally bought a Bible, and I bought a King James Version because I had no idea what else to get. <laughs> and then I read all of the Gospels in the King James Version and studied that King James Version for probably oh my goodness, six months before I actually bought like my study Bible that my phone is sitting on right now. Um, <clears throat> so, but anyway, I get the Bible and I immediately plug into this church and I immediately reach out and I become a member and I join a Bible study and I meet people and I dive in and I dig deep and God just flooded me 
with his truth. And he worked on me um, so much. So I remember like reading biblical, like Genesis and being like, yeah, like I really love this Jesus. Like he is totally, he is it. He is the way, but eh, creation, what? Like seriously, Jonah, the flood, mm, you know, and not like I didn't buy into it at all. And God was totally cool with me with that. Like I remember talking to him about it and praying about it. And I felt no condemnation, um, but it's funny because then slowly over time, he eroded all, every one of those strongholds I had and won me over completely to his word. Like, he just did. It's pretty amazing. Um, so, at the same time I'm falling in love with Jesus, I'm going through this very difficult time in my life. Um, huge transitional time in my life. And I'm also opening a gym. And I am literally opening this gym on faith, like praying about it and being like, okay, God, I got like no money. I got a credit card. Let's do this, right? Like you're telling me to do this. Let's do this. So I did. I followed along. I let him lead. And then um, he literally just like filled this gym with so many beautiful people who came alongside me during the hardest one of the hardest, darkest parts of my life, like most fearful, definitely the most fearful time of my life. And he just like saturated me with all of these amazing Christian women and women who weren't Christian, but like Jesus oozes out of them, you know, and they were my tribe. And suddenly I had this like army of amazing people around me that God just used to speak so much life into me. And, um, and so through this time, like Jesus stripped away all, everything that I thought I knew and started to reteach me about love and trust. Um, and I had to trust him in a lot of terrifying moments. Um, and he proved so faithful. And I remember, I mean, I'm still staring right now at all of the evidence. I had scripture quotes like all over my house. I had one of our local artists here um, in the Lisbon, Mount Vernon area paint signs for me, scripture, which one hanging over my my kitchen door right now, which is he is before all things and in him all things hold together, Colossians 1.17, and just literally had Christ up in my face constantly to remind me of like what was real. And um, so I... I chase him and I'm after him and I love him and he brings me all these awesome people. He's so good. Um, and that's not the end of the story. That's like the very beginning of the story because fast forward a few years and I'm in this place and so many of you can understand this where you just wrestle with the same sins or you pray for God to change something about you or help you to release something and it doesn't happen and you keep struggling with it over and over and over and over and then he puts a person in your life who helps and comes alongside you and walks you through. And I have several of those people, but nobody has been more powerful than my husband um, from the very beginning. And, um, you know, our story is so new, and yet it feels like I have known this man my entire life. Um, nobody sees me like he sees me. Nobody can read through my crap like he can. Um, nobody encourages me like he encourages me. And God has just really used him, especially in the last year and a half, to 
push me, really push me into this place of faith that I always wanted to go but didn't know how. Um, there's that whole, you know, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the one who died for me and loves me. So there's that whole, like, Christ in me thing. But there's, there's still, and it's still there, all of these sunny, prideful things. Um, things that I identify myself with. Uh, really hard stances on things politically or in the gym or food-wise or whatever. Like just really hard what I would have considered to be truths before that I stood on, which were like the facade of who Sonny is supposed to be to the world. God has really encouraged me to let all of that fall so that he can shine through me. And I don't know if this is making a lot of sense, but last week we were at church at Baratos, and it was at the end of the service, and we had taken communion, and we were singing. And I'd been crying the whole... I cry through almost every service. Let's just be honest. I cry all the time. But I was weeping, and I could just feel this... Oh, I could just feel God, like, wrestling with me and um, asking me to surrender certain places that I'm still holding on to. And, um, and it's hard. It's really hard to change and to become new because there's the part of me that old self wants to hang on to and is critical of the new self. And so I'm constantly having to correct my thinking and, and preach the truth to who to myself all the time in fact my husband and I were just having this conversation the other night and um and I was telling him you know my old Sonny like the past Sonny who I who I grew up as like what I was what I studied what I believed my political affiliations all of those things everything about me would completely be disgusted by the Sonny that I am now because the old me would see me as weak and would see me as uh, feeble and would see me as a prude because I don't listen to the same music that I listen to or watch the same things or because I don't participate in the same loud, noisy Facebook posts that I used to do all the time. That my old self would look at the fact that, you know, I'm married to um, a man who is just so so different from who I used to be and would be really judgmental on, on me. Um, and so there's this weird reconciliation because now this new person that Christ has made me into, I could not feel more myself than I've ever, than I've never felt more myself than I do right now. I've never felt like I belong as I feel like I belong with my husband. Um, my, my role as his wife is really, really important. It is the most, aside from Christ, is the most important thing to me. And that role and that relationship is nothing like what past Sonny from when I was, you know, younger would have approved of because it looks weak and it looks submissive and it looks, you know, pathetic or whatever, but it's so not. It's so... I feel so empowered through the Holy Spirit now. 
when I live out what Jesus wants me to be and do, which is literally this dying to self, this like surrendering all of the negative things that I say or handing over my snippy tone or setting good boundaries, healthy boundaries for my kids and for myself and, um, you know, making, letting God change me in order to give me the things I always prayed for. So that is like the quick and dirty of my story. And it's so not done because God is at work at me right now in huge ways that I can't even fully express. But I am ever grateful for him and the way he keeps changing me. And he is good. And I know that some people don't understand that. And some people don't understand how much I've changed. And, you know, I thank all of my friends who have stuck through the changes with me and have given me space to grow because we should be changing. We should all be growing. We're not stagnant creatures. We shouldn't be the same person we were when we were, you know, 15, 19, 20, 25, or whatever, 30 even. So to all of you holding space, seeking God, allowing him to change you, wanting to better yourself, make a better impact in the world, love your neighbor, see no other, and and just like let him rule in your heart. I am so proud of all of you. And that is all I got. So Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for this raw honesty. Thank you that we have a community of people that support and love one another. Father, I just send out extra encouragement to all of our friends, to all of my friends, to all of our listeners and people that you um, you have them, that you have our back and that you keep us safe and that you are well pleased with us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.